All right, everyone. Welcome to Magnifying God. I am your host, Adam Michael, and we have been walking through Prepare to Overcome. Each chapter in this book, Prepare to Overcome. And we're knocking out the first section of this book. Now, granted, there are four sections in this book. We're knocking out the first section. And this first section was made into a workbook, which is called Preparing the Saints. Now, I'm going to walk through the chapters that we've covered so far. Uh, we, we've uh, covered Rebuilding the Walls. Rebuilding the Walls, which deals with rebuilding the Word of God in your life. Because those are your walls of protection. Knowing the Word, doing the Word, and believing the Word. Then you've got the Kingdom of God, the government of the Kingdom. Then you have repentance, which is not only a turning away from sin, but it's also a looking upward onto him, and it is understanding and changing the way you think. Then we have Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and what this Holy Spirit does in our lives and how he operates in our lives when we understand who he is, we yield to him. It's pretty jam-packed there. The next one is identity identity, who we are in Christ. We squashed a lot of the lies uh, that were fed to us uh, that is actually from the kingdom of darkness. And this is all of these uh, qualities about who we are come from the Father and how he sees us. So those were the chapters we've covered so far. We are now at the next chapter, and this next chapter is called Authority authority. And this is uh, chapter six in the book. And I'm staring at this picture in the workbook. And uh, it, it starts out with Matthew 28, verse 18 it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I'm looking at this picture right now. And I see this pawn that's got a, a circle of these darker pawns around him. But know that these pawns may have what we call power, but what they don't have is authority. And we're going to be diving into this idea of what this authority actually means in our life and how we can take this with what we've been given. Because if Jesus has the authority, which it says he has the authority, and he lives in us, how are we going to overcome the enemy with the authority that we've been given. So joining us today to explain all of this is Debbie Simpson. Okay, Debbie, you there? I am, Adam. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, yes, we're diving into authority. And uh, yeah, take it away from here. Thank you. Okay. Well, as uh, anyone who has purchased the book can read in the opening paragraph of authority, it states, when it pertains to authority, it's not what you have, but where you got it. Authority trumps power, right trumps might. But some key points regarding authority that I'd like to reiterate or go into today is one, the strength of authority lies in its source. The greater the authority one has, the greater his ability to accomplish a work and the greater the work that can be done. Authority is the equipping to do the greater work. 
To not do what you are capable of doing is to squander the equipping and what's worse by default, abdicating your authority to another. In this case, it would be Satan. Authority gives believers legal rights, however, if not used, if not enforced, would allow Satan to continue to operate illegally, causing the work of God's kingdom to be compromised and the work of Satan's kingdom to be accomplished. This is what's at stake. In our understanding of authority, it's key to know that the strength of the authority given is based on where it originates. In our natural lives, we live under this understanding all the time. When we've been given authority at work, say by the president of the company, we know that the strength of what we've been given is greater than that which would have been given if um, given by our supervisor. This is a basic principle that we all live under and operate naturally without question. It's not as much as what we've been given authority as it is where or by whom we got it. You know, we say, well, the big man, you know, the guy in charge. And as is shown in the scriptures given in this chapter regarding where believers get their authority, we see that believers have been given their authority by Jesus, the one in charge of all authority, the ultimate source. Um, the key point that I want to recognize is that the greater the one who gives the authority, the more powerful is the authority, and the more powerful it is for the one to whom it's been given. Again, we operate under the net, we operate under this naturally every day. Our authority is more powerful when it comes from higher up the ladder. All right, and we know this. We've been given our authority from Christ, the top of the ladder, so to speak. This is easy to see and easily understood naturally, but it's equally true in the spiritual. A second key point that I want to recognize and bring to light, which is also already operating in, in the natural every day, is that with greater authority comes greater ability or capacity to accomplish the work or task assigned. It carries with it access to far more resources. We know this. We see this at work all the time. You know, those in authority over us have far more resources, far more power than we ourselves have. And we have more resources and more power than those under us. Why? To accomplish a work. Okay? So with this greater ability from this greater authority, comes to, comes to um, excuse me, comes the potential <laughs> to accomplish a greater work. So, you know, as you go through this, what must not be lost in our understanding of authority is its purpose. Authority is the equipping to do the greatest work. To not receive what God has provided to accomplish his work is to squander the equipping, God's equipping, and what's worse by default Believers abdicate, they relinquish, they surrender their authority to another, in this case, Satan. Authority, conferred by God, gives believers legal rights. However, when not enforced, would allow Satan to operate illegally. Even as, say, a criminal can operate freely, even in the presence of a police officer, 
who's standing there but does not execute his authority due him by his position to stop the illegal action. Now, this is how I see our authority as Christ. We're like policemen of the kingdom, right? We're policemen of this domain over which we have been given authority. What we discover as we dig deeper into these scriptures pertaining to authority, all these scriptures that were given, uh, John 5, 27, the Father gives authority to his son. John 13, 3, the Father gives authority to Jesus. You know, Luke, Christ has all authority. And then it goes on to say that Jesus, Matthew 10, 1, gives authority to his 12 disciples. And then Luke 10, 17, Jesus gave authority to the seven. We're seeing how this authority has been handed down. And that's the digging into the scriptures that shows us that authority, which God has given, has been given to stop, to apprehend the illegal moves of Satan against the people. When we do not, even as that police officer, step up and use the authority we've been given to stop the encroachments of the enemy, then by default, we allow, or shall I say cause even, the work or well-being of God's kingdom to be compromised and at the same time, the kingdom of darkness to expand in the very presence of the kingdom of God in us. We are allowing the kingdom that is within you. We've talked about that. The kingdom of God is within you. We are subverting that to the kingdom of darkness, though we don't need to do that. Again, I'll be operating as a child as opposed to a son, Galatians 4. Truly, receiving the truth regarding our authority on this earth over not people, that would be controlling, but the kingdom of darkness is not an act of pride but rather a submission to the decree of the God of the universe, the top of the ladder, you know, the source of all authority. In the natural realm, to reject the authority assigned to us by our boss to accomplish his agenda would result in being fired. <laughs> you know, why then would we question this when we read about it in the Word of God? So, you know, again, what I'd like to just reiterate, because this is what needs to be the foundation that we stand on as we begin to understand this authority, that the strength, that these are spiritual realities, these are also natural realities that we operate under every day. The strength of our authority, regardless where it comes from, lies in its source. The greater the, the authority that we have, gives us the greater ability to accomplish a work. Why? Because we get given access to more resources. Therefore, the greater the work that can be done. Authority is the equipping to do the greater work. So these are the things that we need to understand and recognize so that we can allow the truths of the authority we've been given to rule and reign in our lives. Finally, in conjunction with that last chapter that talks about identity, it must be recognized that our authority in Christ, given to us by Christ, is an integral part of our identity. That as kingdom citizens, we are not just kingdom citizens, but it's also that we're also we're human. So you're like, well, well, what's that got to do with, you know, got to do with anything? So I kind of go into this in the book a little bit, so I'm going to 
just dove into it right now, that as sons of Adam, we have been given dominion over the earth. Genesis 1, 26 and 28 records the mandate given by God to man to rule over the earth and to subdue it, right? So to rule is to make decisions with regards to a matter's course and destiny, right? God has given man rule over the earth. Having ascribed this to man, he's given him dominion and thereby the authority to rule that which he has been given dominion over. So even if you're not saved, you're still human. You're still part of that mandate in Genesis. At the fall, man did not lose the position he had been given on the earth to have dominion. But he did now fall under the authority of Satan. We read in those chapters that Satan does have authority over unregenerate, unsaved man, over us before we were saved. However, so now, even though men still have dominion over the earth, having come under the authority of Satan, they now operate under a darkened understanding and under the influence of Satan. So Satan then will continue to make encroachments, and he can through the authority of unsafe people with the things that they do and the decisions and choices that they make. So in conclusion... As in each of these lessons, the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, our identity in Christ, the point is the purpose of the God, not the pride of man. And why do I say this? Because it's been my experience, and it may be yours as well, it may not, that these are really touchy issues when you talk to other people because having been schooled under the wrong understanding, to believe what the scriptures have to say about this as it's actually being taught and spoken oftentimes cause people to feel like, well, that's just prideful. That's just too much for what we are really, you know, called to be or what we really have been given. And we need to step back and take a look at the scriptures in their totality. What are they all about? Well, in the beginning of the first, in the beginning of the Old Testament, God establishes man to have dominion and to rule. At the beginning of the New Covenant, Jesus comes to reestablish what was given in the garden. So when we look at the totality, what did Jesus say? I came to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. He came to bring restoration. Through his blood, he came to buy back and redeem man and to bring him back to the original value, the original place, the original purpose. This isn't about Debbie. This isn't about Adam. This isn't about our pride. This isn't about being powerful. This isn't about you know, going out and having this idea that we are these, you know, people who have an expanded, you know, an expanded opinion of themselves and are walking in pride and being puffed up. What I'd like to 
again repeat, as I said in, in, in past lessons, it's truly an act of humility to hear what the Word of God has to say and to believe it and to do it and to not have a better idea, to not have a different opinion. Pride is really the presumption of saying, no, God's Word says this, but I tell you that. The purpose of these lessons and the purpose of this book was nothing more than to take the Bible verses, the scriptures that God himself gave. This is the definition. These are the verb tenses to give us an accurate understanding of God's opinion on the matter. This is what God had to say about this according to God's words, God's definition, and God's commentary. That's what the cross-references are, God's commentary on God's words, so that we know God's opinion so we can align ours with his. So that's basically what I wanted to share with regards to authority and um, I don't have anything else, really, Adam. I don't know if there was anything that you wanted to add with regards to that. Um, yeah, no, you said a lot of great stuff. I mean, the, the when you mentioned police officer, I always look at that such a great picture um, of of a person of authority. Now, before I even get to that um, illustration, it, what you said really was uh, good when it came to unsaved man. So, unsaved man, that authority figure is Satan. And I mean, so you, you now are under Satan's rule, under his authority, uh, and that's because you're unsaved man. But when you become a born-again believer, you get transferred from that kingdom to the kingdom of God. And then you now get put above all of the angels and all of that because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're seated with Christ. You're seated next to Christ at his right hand. That is amazing, amazing, amazing. And that's it's a positional thing. See, authority always deals with a positional thing. So therefore, say, that's why you are trampling on the scorpions and the serpents, because they're below you. They're at your feet. You're treading upon them. And that's because you are seated with Christ. Um, and I do know that getting to that police officer, you know, that police officer, he's got that badge. That badge is authority. It's like he, a police officer, any guy, any person can walk into, let's say, a house and be like, okay, you guys need to stop and calm down. And they're going to be like, who are you? And if you don't have a badge, if you don't have authority... They're not going to care what your opinion is. They're not going to care what your stance is. But the minute that a police officer walks into a house that's causing trouble, it gets quiet. They're like, uh-oh. And this authority comes in because he's got a badge. And then you've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, let's say, his weapon. His, that's his power source. And so you see kind of that physical picture of a spiritual truth in our lives, you know, and, and what does this man, this police officer represent? The law. You know, that's the kingdom of God, the kingdom's government, the kingdom's domain. He represents that. So there are so many 
um, instances in, in Scripture where authorities talked about. But one uh, verse that came to mind was Acts 19, verses 14 to 16. And this kind of helps give a, a clear picture of what was going on. Now, this is with the, the seven sons of Sceva. Now, the seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. They were actually um, casting, trying to cast evil spirits out. And it's so interesting because when you go to the verse before, it says, um, I adjure you by the, G by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. That's what these guys were saying. So they get to this guy who's got these evil spirits. So they're like, oh, well, we saw Paul do it. So I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Okay, that's what they said to the, the evil spirit. And the seven sons of Sceva did this. And the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leapt out and mastered them all, and then overpowered them. You see the difference here. See now, the seven sons of Sceva, they were unsaved man. They really didn't know who Jesus was. They're like, well, yeah, because you could see it in, in how they even said, I jure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. You know, so that relationship wasn't there. They weren't saved. And then they got mastered by the evil spirit. It was like a regular guy walking into a, a, a house that had this big party going on. And he's like, all right, I command you, everybody, to be quiet and leave. Well, that's not going to work because the authority wasn't there. So therefore, if a police officer walks in there, or let's say if Paul walked in there, they would recognize Paul because Paul had authority. Because Paul was carrying Jesus inside of him, the kingdom of God inside of him. And in that place, he then would walk into that and that party would disperse quickly. You know, and I've seen and I've seen so many the uh, times when, you know, a police officer walks in and the, the people are like, oh, my gosh, run. And then the party just they're like jumping out the windows. They're doing all that. Well, that's exactly what would happen when you take that authority that you have in Christ to a dark place because the enemy sees you and knows, oh, my goodness, we're in trouble. But. If you don't know you have that authority, the enemy also knows that and will try to talk you out of not having any. And then they will try to master you by talking you out of that kingdom of God back into that kingdom of darkness, that way of thinking. And that's why we are called to repent and to turn away from that way of thinking and to say that we don't have any authority unfortunately, plays right into the devil's hands because now we're, we're seated with Christ and now we're like, oh, wait, maybe we're not seated with him. You know, it's the whole, did God really say that? And then we start questioning um, what we're, who we're representing and, and the authority that we've actually been given. Now, I will say this, those people that do know that they have authority, now, I'll give you a story about my life. Uh, I was walking in a garden, actually, and it had all these flowers and, and so on and so forth. I was walking with my family, 
and I see this person in a wheelchair. Now, this is probably a month or two months into this whole COVID thing, this whole virus thing. And I, I see this person and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, you're going to go over there. You're going to lay hands and you're going to pull this person out of a wheelchair. Like that's literally what the Holy Spirit was moving me towards. And all of a sudden I started thinking, well, what if they don't react the way? I mean, this whole COVID thing, you know, we're supposed to be social distancing. What happened was I, I was... I was supposed to be thinking in the kingdom of God. Instead, I started thinking of the world. And I was actually corrupted by the world's thought processes. And I didn't do anything. Now, that makes me a crooked police officer. That makes me a corrupt police officer because my thinking was corrupted. And I had a long talk and I had to repent. Uh, from not doing anything. And that's what you mentioned, where the police officer sees all the bad that's going on and elects not to do anything. He has the authority to step in there and stop the wrong from occurring. This is what Jesus, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. We are to do the same. But if you don't do it, you then become, unfortunately, a crooked police officer. And that's what the Lord really showed me through it all. And he said, you need to spend more time with me and stop watching the news or whatever because it is actually corrupting the way you're thinking. And I really thought back to, to that experience and, and I, it really put me in check because we do have a responsibility here on earth. And it is about the love that we have for people. If we truly love that person, we don't want to see them hurting. We need to go in love. We have that authority. We have the presence of God. We need to take action when action is necessary. And if we don't, unfortunately, that's when the enemy gains more ground, not only in the person's life, but in our own. And really, that's all I have to say about authority. It is so important, and we need to realize that we have it because of what Jesus did, because Jesus lives in us, and because we are representing a kingdom, a law that is above everything else, and the enemy is below us, below our feet. So, wow. That, yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I have. As you were talking, it brought to mind also the many scriptures that reference that we are ambassadors. And we all see that definition as a representative. So we want to represent Christ in love and compassion and kindness. But ambassador also, who go, an ambassador who goes to another country or another kingdom, he carries the full weight of say you're the ambassador, you would carry the full weight of your country or your kingdom's laws and privileges and rights with you at all times and the full protection of the kingdom that you represent. You have, um, I'm sitting here thinking, you have the backing of your president and the armed forces that would be dispatched on your behalf if your authority is disputed or disregarded in that foreign kingdom. 
So that also plays into the whole idea of authority. An ambassador of Christ, well, as an ambassador of Christ, we carry his authority wherever we go. But even as an ambassador, it's not an authority that's inherent in who we are. It's not Debbie's authority. If I were an ambassador going to another country, it wouldn't be the authority of Debbie Simpson that would accomplish anything. Again, it's not a matter of pride. It's an appropriate understanding of who I am, who I am in Christ, who I am as a kingdom citizen. You know, my place in this kingdom, my purpose in this kingdom, to accomplish a work for my king and his kingdom. I'm just nothing more than a tool that God uses. But if, you know, he plugs me in and I refuse to run, you know, they're going to get put back on the shelf. You're unusable for service. So, you know, when we look at the Old Testament commands of God, he says, be holy as I am holy, to be sanctified. To be sanctified means to be set apart for the work of God, the work of a divine holy God. We're called to not be profane. Profane, we think of profanity as a swear word. Profane means, biblically, your Bible dictionaries again, to be common. Just to be common. And so when you read how God works with that which is common and profane versus that which is sanctified, we see that in his temple there were vessels. You know, some to honor, some to dishonor. And as you read through the, the laws, Old Testament physical picture of a spiritual truth, it was the sanctified vessels that were used for service to the king or service to God in the temple. And that which was profane was unusable for service. That's the definition. The definition of profane in your Old Testament theological word book is profane, that which is common and is unusable for service. We don't lose our salvation if we're not walking like this. We're just unusable for service. We get put back on the shop. We get put back on the workbench. We're a power tool that when plugged in and works effectively can accomplish a very great work in a very short time. If we don't short circuit it with our belief system that's been corrupted and we repent, change our mind. So that when we get plugged in, we know and understand. This authority is the authority of Christ flowing through me. It's not the authority of Debbie. There's nothing prideful in an appropriate understanding of that. And if that thought or that accusation is being leveled at me, I cannot allow that to trump what my God and King has called me to do and to be for his kingdom and for the destruction of his enemy. So, you know, we've been given dominion to rule over this earth. We will trample down in dominion what's placed before us if we're utilizing all the equipping that we've been given. If we don't, we will be the ones trampled under. We talked about that in the book of Daniel. Talks about in the last days, you know, the horn will wage war with the saints of God, and he will wear down the saints of the Most High. That's the enemy with his foot upon the necks of God's people. We also read in the book of Daniel that in that day, those who know their God will rise up and do great exploits. That's God's people with their foot upon the neck of the enemy. 
These are the spiritual truths that are operating in our earthly realm. You can't walk away from these spiritual truths any more than you can walk away from gravity when you're flying in an airplane. It's going to be instituted whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, or whether you acknowledge it or not. You can't step out of an airplane and say, I don't believe in gravity. It's going to catch you. It's a law that has been infused into this, this realm of creation. And that's what God is showing in his word. So those are just my thoughts on that. Again, as, 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 uh, as you read through the book, the scriptures are there, the words are there, the definitions are there, the verb tenses are there, but it's up to each person individually to decide what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and that's what the, the Bible is so, in my opinion, I mean, I really, it's just black and white. It's not really in my, it's very black and white. When you go to the verb tenses, this, it's like, this is what the Bible says. There's really no gray area. This is what, this is what it says. And it's becoming more black and white to me than ever before. And then that also reveals the responsibility that we've all been given. That's why, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few because it's those few that truly believe what scripture is saying. It's the few that actually live out what the scriptures are saying. And the enemy wants to come in and they want to jumble everything up and tell us that we don't have any authority, tell us that healing isn't for today, you know, telling us that all these things are not of God, they're actually of the enemy. And it's like, that is very false. And we need to kind of go back to the word of God. We don't let our experience dictate truth because that truth will set us free from the enemy, from this world. And then it will put us in a position, which we're already in, into that place of authority. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much, Debbie. And I uh, look forward to speaking with you um, next episode. Thank you, Adam.